The Cost of Goods Told podcast is made possible by the following sponsors. Chriswell Culinary aims to create a new standard of unique, affordable hot sauces that satisfies the more developed cravings of today. Bernie Brand Texas-style hot sauce is a boldly layered sauce with density and personality to proudly represent Texas. Go to BernieBrand.com to find a retailer near you. That's Bernie, B-O-E-R-N-E, Brand.com. Zero Point Organics grows and supplies microgreens for over 30 major restaurants in the Houston area. Consistently perfect quality in flavor and appearance, their microgreens will be the best you or your customers have ever had every single time. Go to zero, Z-E-R-O, dash pointorganics.com. Welcome to the Cost of Goods Told podcast. My name is Connor. I'm a chef and media producer. I am joined this week via Zoom with Darren Lafferty. Darren, man, <laughs> been a little bit, man. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, everybody's going different directions. You got to pay the bills and do what you got to do and jab and weave and bob and move. And so I'm sorry I missed you the last couple of weeks, but I'm glad to be back. Dude, it's good to see your face. Uh, three things that I want to mention just before we get started here. One, my wife had to take a phone call. So we're recording at, uh, over Zoom. I'm recording in the house. So if my son, Lachlan, jumps on the podcast, I'm apologizing ahead of time, all right? I've got him set <laughs> up. Um, but if I do have to hop off, Darren, I'm going to ask you to carry the, uh, you know, the, the weight of this podcast. I'll do it. I'll do it. Two, and this is just a personal note, seems like everybody and their mother is opening up a darn podcast or doing a podcast. Uh, every celebrity that I know is freaking doing a podcast. So I'm starting a new hashtag, hashtag support local podcasts. Okay. So you guys, okay. thank you to our listeners who have listened there we to go. this podcast. <laughs> I just, I, I can't compete with these celebrities, man. It's just, it's, 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 it's just heartbreaking every time I see a new celebrity like, yeah, I started a podcast. I'm like, great. That's what you need. More sponsors, more money. So. We were just trendsetting. Hey, we were trendsetting. Don't worry about it. We're trying. Yeah, you started it. You started we, it. <laughs> I'll and then three, I want to send a uh, huge shout out to uh, Lance Aker of uh, Aker Barbecue uh, for actually hey. setting up this podcast. Uh, so Chef Evelyn uh, is our guest this week. Uh, much and thanks to uh the uh persistence of lance aker uh so he is persistent he's pimping you out for sure <laughs> i'm glad he made the introduction though chef you've been uh someone that we've wanted on this podcast we're super happy to have you on this podcast i just wish we could have done it in person um under better circumstances but thank you for taking the time i know you've got your hands full with a ton of stuff so it's all good it's all good no for sure thank you no thank you for having me <laughs> well chef uh if you don't mind just giving everybody a little bit of background um i know you're a native houstonian and then um you know took your talents elsewhere and around the world but if you could give us a little bit of background on yourself yeah um like you said born and raised in houston um i i moved very young right after high school um, I went to the Culinary Institute of America in New York. Mm -hmm. um, I did culinary and I did a bachelor's in hospitality management. I did almost four years at the CIA. Um, and then I ended up staying in New York. I felt like really needed to learn as much as I could since I was already in New York. I, I stayed a few years, um, definitely a lot longer than I thought. <laughs> um, all in all, I think it was 10 years. Wow. Um, but I knew Houston was always home. So I always knew I was going to come back. Um, it's just the, the good and the bad of New York is just there's constant opportunities. So mm -hmm. I just kept saying yes. Um, and, <laughs> and when I got to the point where I felt like I had a vision and I had an idea 
um, of something that I wanted to create, um, not just for myself, but for Houston, I decided to come back home. Um, and that was back in 2016. Now, when uh, you so it's been moved, a few years. When you moved to New York, was that your first time experiencing New York or the Northeast? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. And like leaving home, <laughs> like leaving home wow. period. I was, I was 17 and I'm like, okay, like <laughs> graduated high school. Yeah, it was total shock. Um, I mean, other than I had never been to another like big city other than, you know, like visiting our family back in, you know, my parents' countries, like Mexico and El Salvador, but I had never like actually went and experienced like a huge city alone, let alone New York. It's a whole thing on its own. Um, so that was just an experience on itself. But I, told- I, was, I was very mentally prepared to just <laughs> learn as much as I could. I tell Darren, uh, so I went to Johnson Wells in Providence, Rhode Island, and uh, it was my first time living so far north. Um, and I, I had been born in Houston and lived elsewhere, but had never kind of experienced the Northeastern you know, type of experience. And mm-hmm. I told Darren, I said, literally, I get off the plane, you know, little Texan boy coming down the escalator, <laughs> you know, and I catch eyes with someone, just a random person. And I say, how you doing? And I kid you not, the words out of his mouth were, the fuck you want, you know? And I was like, oh. <laughs> and I told my coach, my yeah. basketball coach, I said, yo, man, like, what's up with this? He's like, yo, don't do that. What are you doing? <laughs> don't talk to people. Don't be friendly. That was an uh, abrupt welcoming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So that and then, like, the worst winter I've ever experienced sleeping in every pair of oh. jeans I own and every jacket I had. <laughs> I just. I, yes. The Northeast Even visiting my ass. now after I lived there for, for, for 10 years, like moving back and then going and visiting, like my bones hurt. Like I feel like everything hurts to being back in that cold. Like, how did I do it so long? Well, you, <laughs> so much. You answered half my question, which was how, how was the weather? So obviously we know it's cold, but how did you, how did you adjust to, I mean, you're from a big city, but how'd you adjust to, and I visited New York City, and I love to visit New York City. I also love to leave New York City. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's a hustle and bustle, right? It never stops. But yeah. how'd you adjust to that? I know you're in school most of the time, and you were saying yes to the jobs, but was it just crazy? What did you think about New York City? I, yes, it's just very crazy, and not a lot of time to think, right? It's just, <laughs> just like you go, go, go. The subway kind of runs your life. Um, mm you're on a schedule and you're running somewhere all the time. Um, But I think like, that's just such a big part of who I am now because I think I was introduced to that so young um, that I'm just like, I cannot, one, I can't be still. (laughs) 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 Two, it's just that sense of urgency to get something done. Mm -hmm. You don't even know what you were doing half of the time, right? But it was just like, we, we couldn't waste a minute is what I felt like, because it was just so fast paced. Um, And in the kitchen itself, you're in an army of cooks, right? Mm -hmm. So like, how do you even manage to stand out? How can you move up when there's just an army of people and everybody's trying to get somewhere, right? Um, It's not like they're all just compliant, just being like, okay, I'm just gonna be a cook forever. Um, So it's, it's definitely, um, very cutthroat <laughs> for sure. Um, but I feel like that just, you just got to absorb it as much as you can. And in that lifestyle, um, it was fun and I learned a lot, but I, I knew it was as much as I, I, I made it work and I, 
I really fully put myself into it. I knew that wasn't, that was in my end, you know, it's like, I'm not just going to end up in New York. I'm definitely moving back home. I was like home, Houston's home that yeah. whole time. My parents almost lost hope for like a second. They're like, she's <laughs> never coming back. <laughs> but no, I knew, I knew Houston was always home. For yeah. And as a, as a very young, excited as, to be back. As a young lady, right, going off to this big city and you're a sponge, as you said, you sort of learned how yeah. to absorb it and you didn't have time to think. You think that's a, a strong attribute that you have now in the kitchen? Cause not that you're not thinking about what you're doing, but it's almost a motion that you've been programmed to do, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, now, well, one, I, you know, I came back home with an idea and more of a concept, right? Um, but now being, turning into a business owner, it's just, I can't really think about the, the technicalities of cooking anymore. I have to grow this brand. I have, you know, it's just like, it's more or less like that was the really fun part of me just learning how to cook and learning how to uh, think quick on my feet and, and, you know, and go with emotion and, and learn that. And then now it's just like, there's just so, I mean, I'm learning something new specifically now in this time that we're in something new every day. I'm oh, just, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's like, how can we turn it? How can we stitch this? But that, like I said, that kind of was engraved in me because I was so young and I, I put myself in that, in that uh, situation of just being in New York, that is just like, okay, we gotta, we gotta be moving, we gotta be working, we gotta start working on ideas. If anything pops into my mind, I'm gonna bring it to life. If it's gonna work, who knows? We just hope. <laughs> <laughs> and then if it doesn't, okay, we scrap it and go on to the next thing. Um, so, I mean, I feel like that's just, it's really big part of who I am now um, in my brand, just how much it has. It's like, I still see it as a baby, but I know when I see everything going on, it's just like, okay, it's, it is really growing and it is, it is a brand in its own, which I'm very proud of. Right. So what was, uh, there was a restaurant, uh, there was Spice Market, and then there was another yeah. one called Kin Shop. And that was uh, a concept uh, opened by Chef Harold. Uh, and I think he was a top chef contestant. So is this all yes. just like... Hollywood chefs, you know, like connections hey. or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, yeah, I mean, Chef Harold was is is a very fun kitchen. Um, it was every kind of job that I worked in. Spice Market was my first like line cook, and that was a three hundred seat restaurant. Wow! And we did covers like no one's business. The line was at least fifteen cooks every night. So it was like, it was a machine, right? So here's like, like learning the motion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> absolutely. So um, after that, going to Kin Shop, it was more of, okay, let me work somewhere where it's more of the idea that I want eventually. I want a smaller 50 seat restaurant where it's chef driven and um, the chef is there every night. Some of your creativity, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and I can, you know, at Spice Market, I mean, to get something on the menu, would have to be okay by the executive Sue, then the executive, then corporate, you know, then John George. Like it was just so much. <laughs> Again, it helped me a lot, but I was just like, yeah. okay, this is not. And, and I don't envision myself having a 300 seat restaurant. You know what I mean? Right, right. So it wasn't, um, it was a learning experience, but it wasn't in line with what I had envisioned. So I was just like, okay, let me get something, something smaller where I can learn a lot more and work next to the chef. As well. So let me ask you this. For all those aspiring chefs, what, regardless, female, male, whatever, do you recommend that they go through that, that learning period, that uncomfortableness, that 
this really sucks type of mentality just so they can develop some thick skin or should they all just become food, food network stars? Uh, no, <laughs> I think it's definitely, um, putting in the time. Um, I'm very, I'm very a person of, uh, process yeah. and, and I, I love my process and I appreciate the process. I love what I'm doing. So I know that working hard and working through all of that will eventually get me to the place that I, I have envisioned. So I want to put in the time and I want to earn it because once I get there to whatever it is, I know myself that I put everything I could and I, and sure. I worked my butt off <laughs> yeah. um, to, to earn it. So, so, I mean, I think it's definitely something that you, you should experience for sure. Um, especially if you want to get into the restaurant industry. I mean, it's just so hard, even with everything that's going on now, it's just very like passion has to be key. Um, cause it's just so much work yeah. um, that goes exactly. into it. And then, and then having that experience, I mean, of course you have a tough skin, you know, you gotta, you gotta put it up and you gotta put in the work <laughs> and just put your head down and just go, go, go. Sure. Because eventually, um, you know, you, you get there and you get to get to the place where you, you get to showcase what you, whatever you had in your mind and whatnot. Yeah. Um, as well as just, I feel like, how do I put it? My brain goes from like English to Spanish. I'm just like, how do I, how do I get it out? Um, I'll come back to me, I guess. I don't know. I was trying to, I was yeah, trying to say something. It was like, that's okay. You know, when, when I think of the up and coming students who want to be in the kitchen, who want to be a chef, right? There's so many attractive qualities. And some of that is, hey, I'm going to get a quarter sleeve. Hey, I'm going to get a full sleeve. I'm going to grow my hair out. I'm going to dye my oh, hair. You can do whatever you want. Right? All, those, <laughs> all those things are easily attained, right? All those tangible, not tangibles, all those cosmetic things can be done like this. Yeah. But what yeah. you cannot earn, which shows the heart of who you are, is putting in the sweat, sweat in the time, putting in being talked to and told what to do, uh, being told, no, you're not going to be in that position tonight. You're going to be in this position tonight. Because so-and-so called in sick because they were out drinking all night. I guess my, what I'm really leading to is, you know, you're still so young, right? But you've earned so much respect. And I'm trying the message I'm trying to get to those who want to be in the industry. They need to understand what the reality is and the sacrifices yeah. are to attain greatness or to attain the level of creativity because you've already put in the hours of, mm -hmm. peeling, of peeling potatoes, of do, whatever, right? Uh, all, yeah. <laughs> all the grunt work, right? Hey, here's yeah. four buckets of potatoes. Let me know when you're done. I got six more for you, right? Yeah. So my point is, as we sit and talk to someone like you who has that experience, who is well-respected, and who st but still mm -hmm. has so much to do, you've still spent a lifetime in the culinary world, mm -hmm. hours upon hours. And I want kids to understand that. Would you, would you say that's true? You've really got to want to be in the business. Yeah, you got to really want to be in the business. Um, like I said, in New York, I mean, um, when I was executive, Sue, I mean, I was doing like 80-hour weeks, you know? Like that's, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's equivalent of two, you know, two normal work weeks in yes. one week. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like you got to really, really want it as well as, you know, putting yourself in the situations. I just remembered I was trying to say is that, you know, the kitchen is tough. It's not 
the greatest situation at, at some times, but as well as like living through it and just putting your head down and saying, okay, and just going with it. Once you get to the point where you can be the change mm-hmm. and you're the one that knows how to, you know, you're executing the kitchen and you're running the kitchen. Cause I, I mean, I, as a, as a woman in, in a, in the kitchen, like I, I was in some crazy situations and really uncomfortable situations, but I did what I could with the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I got through it and now I have the ability to be the change in my kitchen right. and make the difference. And whoever's coming out and being new and, and starting a kitchen, like they're having a completely different vision than when I experienced. Right. Um, but, but still putting in the work, of course, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, just, I, I feel like I'm very grateful for that for sure. Um, to, to be able to have the opportunity to make a change because the industry is rough. Do you think that some of this, though, it's it's kind of like, you know, greatest basketball players or the greatest artists kind of come through like harder times and things like that, like that New York experience, you know, for for those outside of the industry is very different than the Houston experience. Houston has yeah. has had a couple chefs that are kind of, you know, that old school French, you know, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but do you feel like it's kind of like you can't replicate that, but you kind of need to put like cooks and young cooks through that type of situation so that they can earn, you know, the chops to be able to do what's, what's required for the next level. Yes. I mean, I, I definitely, um, but I think really it's key for them to just really want to, you know, really love this, you know, really love to cook, <laughs> really want to have, you know, be in this industry because the rest you can learn. And like you said, we have to, um, be put in that situation to learn from it. Um, but there's some situations that some people should, shouldn't. We're going to just scratch that. Um, yeah. But even then, like even with a change and whatnot, like a kitchen, it's just, there's so much passion that it's other, like you, you can easily blow up or, you know, there's just so many emotions because it's just so it's fast paced. Um, you know, you're, it's kind of tangible you're feeling because you're, you're putting all this work into a dish and then you put it out and then it's up to whoever to either enjoy or absolutely hate it. Right. Um, so that, that definitely like now I'm just like, okay, I'm, I'm not everybody's cup of tea. It's totally fine. Right. But it gets, a, you get to work, you know, yeah. a certain time and put in the work to get to that point where you're just like, I really, I don't care. <laughs> Cause I, mean, I know I'm doing my work and yeah. I, and, and, and most of the people enjoy it. Um, it's not like I, I don't care. I do care, but there's some people that are just out to, to just, they're not having a good day. And then that just completely yeah. changes their, how they, how they had the experience, you know? Um, even it has nothing to do with you. So it's kind of, right. that could tough be, skin part comes right in. <laughs> it could be uh, <laughs> outside, sure. outside circumstances, right? Yeah, and, I work. and that's normal. Like, I think that's totally normal. I think that happens in every industry because we're all human beings, right? So yeah, yeah, we, yeah we, try to get to, we try to get to work and, and focus, but you know, technology doesn't allow us to focus all the time. We have phones, we mm. have all these things, these outside distractions. So just, yeah, I think it sure. magnifies that we're human, right? So and it does happen. Yeah. Well, so we've talked about some of the some of the hard things about being in the kitchen. Let's talk about some of the good things. What did yeah. you what did you, <laughs> what, what did you find fulfillment in that continued to fuel you to become better and better at at becoming a chef? Um, I feel like it was just 
again, like I said earlier, like I just, I'm, I'm a person of process and I, I'm just like, okay, if it's coming towards me, it's the good, the bad, whatever, I'm going to roll with it because this is part of my journey and it, wow. I have to accept it and go with it. So I feel like um, that a lot of it helped me be a lot more lighthearted on things Yeah, yeah. Um, as well as um, being like true to myself. Like I really enjoy cooking. Um, I really enjoy uh, making someone's day with one dish. Like mm. it, it really boils down to that for most chefs it's just like we can literally spend all this time on this one dish and it can really make someone's day right. um as well as just kind of showcasing your vision it, it all starts in your head and then you have this idea and you put this, this together and then you see it come to life like that's i think that's what i really really enjoy that creative um, process yeah. the creative process yeah, i've always been very very like creative artsy and whatnot yeah. it was just kind of finding what form i would end up doing and it's just kind of I've always loved uh, cooking and, and helping my family out when I was younger. So once it came time to like choosing my career, it kind of just like, it made sense that okay, so that's what something I wanted to do. What's your, what, so you picked the medium, right, which was food, right? So yeah. what, what's your favorite food to cook? When you're cooking, so, what do you like to cook? I, la I love cooking the food I cook at the restaurant. Like I love Southeast Asian okay. food. Okay. Um, it's not just like something I do at work and then go home and then cook something, you know, and just go home and cook Mexican food right. <laughs> because I, I am, I am Mexican and Salvadorian. What? what? You're Mexican? Yeah. <laughs> I know. And it's just like, oh, okay. It's funny. Now when we were at Politan, people would be like, oh, you know, like Kim, this food's amazing. All of it. So like who's Chef Evelyn? And I'm like, me <laughs> that's me yeah. they're like oh, okay <laughs> i was like unexpected huh um but i really really enjoy this food i i enjoy eating it uh creating it and thankfully through you know all the opportunities i had in new york i was also very grateful to be able to go overseas and and go and stage in thailand and travel through vietnam and singapore and malaysia and India and China, the Philippines. So I was like, through all that, um, I feel like as a cook, I was just like, work, 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 save some money, um, very little, because it's very expensive in New York. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But work, 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 and then I would take a break, travel, come back, get my butt kicked again, work, 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 <laughs> then take a break, travel, come back. So that was like my thing too, like that definitely helped me. Um, again, I guess it's like my vision of like, this is not gonna be forever. I'm not going to be in New York forever, so just learn as much as you can. And when I had the opportunity, um, go into Asia because it was a cuisine I was cooking and that I enjoyed cooking and eating, but I really had to, well, for me personally, I was like, I really have to understand the culture um, to better understand the food and then to better be able to put out my version of it um, or what I'm doing now. Like, it's not very, my whole thing is Southeast Asian inspired. Because <laughs> um, I just take inspiration of, of Southeast Asia, period. Um, whatever, like, seasoning or technique that I, I saw or enjoy eating, um, I put into play and then just kind of mix in local ingredients and, and just kind of do my twist on it. It's not very traditional whatsoever. But I, I felt like I really had to put in the time in that as well. Like, learn, really learn why the reason curry is the way curry is, yeah. you know. Um, to be able to interpret it in my, in my own 
Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think having uh, the foundation of intelligence and knowledge around a certain regional cuisine or international cuisine uh, still gives you credibility, even though you put your own twist on it, right? So if it's a fusion, mm -hmm. or just a twist or something else, I think that still adds a lot of credibility to what you're doing. I think you've done a good job of that. <laughs> what do you what do you think chef separates someone from taking inspiration from somewhere and then the difference between that and someone who's just trying to infuse it to infuse it you know and get that word asian infusion or something on it oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, i know i mean it's just that word fusion um it's a headache uh, i feel like well because to me fusion is just bringing two cuisines together right it's like korean taco or you know mm -hmm. it's just like bringing two things like two completely different things together um for me that's why like my what i push for is just being like inspired like that's my word not fusion inspired <laughs> um because it's it's taking it kind of not even upscaling it it's just trying to showcase southeast asian food um to our city as more than just pad thai, as more as just uh, stir fried noodles and then red curry, green curry. And then that's like pretty much what the normal Thai restaurant menu is just like consists of, right? Um, and then just being able to showcase it's like really, this is the reason why it's cooked this way. These are the techniques. So if I change the ingredients, it's still in essence the same um, within the same cuisine mm -hmm. because although the ingredients are different because we can't really replicate Asian food because we don't have the same product. Like, I feel like that's why it's so good over there right. because I mean, it's just so fresh, right? Like the, <laughs> the produce they grow there, we, we can't grow here, at least not all of it. Um, and, and even then it kind of changes flavor over here if we do get to grow it over here. Um, so yeah, I feel like it's, it's more of making sure you understand it correctly of just like to me Southeast Asian boils to apart from how important the ingredients are um, it's a balance of flavor and that's the essence what I do to my food I'm like as long as it's balanced in flavor that's <laughs> perfect for me <laughs> okay whatever, whatever it is as long as it's balanced so that being said the brisket ramen is that infusion is that inspired I saw that that looked damn good yeah. I was like wait a second yeah. <laughs> So that like I it is that one is fusion because I'm taking Texas style brisket and I'm taking um, Japanese Japanese ramen and I'm making the ramen like it's a 16 hour broth like we nice. I'm doing the you know the the, the broth the right way um, and then we just top it off with a brisket because it's amazing <laughs> and well, it smells like crazy <laughs> it does and it's been nice to see that that infusion of that even on the barbecue world i mean like koi barbecue kind of being the the most pronounced one to be doing the brisket yeah. and the pandan curry and you know using Delicious. those I've, I've tried it incredible and now i'm yeah, seeing it copied here and there you know and like other places i'm waiting mm. wait a second you know <laughs> so, yeah. not a shout yeah, out when to i anybody. had their curry i was i was honestly uh very happy with the curry because i meant I love curry and, I, and I'm known for my curries. So I was just, when I, when I tried it, I was like, Oh, okay. Really good. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> you know, I'm like the pickiest person with, with, with curry. And I, and I can, I can taste when it's just like taste from the can, you know, mm -hmm. and she's like, yeah, well, it's not, 
it's not you didn't do it all the way but okay um but theirs was very very good and then especially with the smoked meat um which i do a little bit of with a lot with eaker because mm -hmm. i love them um and i think their their smoked meats are amazing so i i try to do a lot of introduction between like my thai smoked brisket fusion thing um because like right now we have a smoked uh chicken curry mm. Uh, cow soy which is like a northern textile curry and it's normally served with chicken so i like reached out to uh lance i'm like so can you smoke chicken for me <laughs> like sure but now he's doing more chicken but before he wasn't doing chicken so he was just like well okay i'll do it for you but what are you doing with it like what i was just like no no you, you well you'll see <laughs> um and and it's and it's so good i i knew like it's such a good dish on its own but it's normally just like simmered chicken um, on the bone. And I was just like, I know if we smoke it, it's going to be so much better. It just adds that little smoky, toasty flavor. And I was like, I know this, we can really make this dish shine. Um, mm -hmm. And then the brisket uh, ramen came about, you know, all of this COVID stuff and him having extra brisket like ends and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, I used to just chop it over fries, but now we don't have the bars to go to. Um, so now I just have all this, uh scrap but i mean it was amazing brisket i was like right. it was not scrap um <laughs> i like scrap yeah all these like extra like random end pieces and i was like you know what let me do something with them and and be able to help you out get rid of some stuff and then you know cross promote each other and i was starting the kit so then i ended up doing the the ramen brisket ramen it's i mean it's one of the most selling now he has to like smoke Whole briskets for me. <laughs> He's like, this just they just be stops. Oh, that was <laughs> I was a like, yeah, now I need briskets. Win-win. Yeah. Huge win-win. Uh, for listeners and viewers of the podcast, I apologize. I had to hop off twice. I don't know if they fed my son freaking Indian food at school or something, but it was two big emergencies. So my fault on helping. <laughs> out. So if I oh, repeat no. a question, I'm going to apologize ahead of time. Darren's shaking his head. He's like, "Why the hell you talk like this, Connor, on my podcast?" <laughs> <laughs> Um, so chef, uh, the, the, the hop from even just stodging in different places where it's like shift is done, you turn it off, you go home, you know, or you just kind of work the, work the job clock out, you're, you're set and done to, uh, the decanter pop-up and bar. What was kind of the biggest change from what you were doing before to when you started that? Cause you were doing pop-ups before that, correct? Yeah, I was just full on pop-ups. Um, I mean, it was a big change. For once, I didn't have to like load up my truck all the time. <laughs> like I, I used, so like when I say full on pop ups, I used to do three to four pop ups a week. Wow. So I was on, on, you know, I was just all over town, and and I did that for almost two and a half years. Um, so when Decatur came about, um, Adam reached out and was just like, "Hey, so have you?" He always knew, you know, he always knows that I wanted a restaurant and. We, we always had these conversations like, okay, so what are you doing? Like, you have such good food and you're out here at Axelrad. Like, what, where do you, where are you going with this? You know, like, is this it or what's up? And I was like, oh, you know, I, I eventually want to have my own restaurant, my own concept and all of this. So when uh, the old beaver space became available, he's like, so I want to do something and, and I love your food. So I think this is a good thing that we could work together on. Um, and then as well as like, does not showcase you, but be able to 
form some sort of platform, right, for up and coming chefs and whatnot. And I was like, I'm like, count me in. We had no idea what it was going <laughs> to turn into. It was like, okay, it was like a pop up inside a kitchen, and then we could maybe rotate and stuff. Um, but it ended up being a full on residency, and I was there for I think like eight months at Decatur. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in itself, it was. I learned so much, <laughs> just so much. I mean, it was like transition from pop-up to restaurant. So now I have to have like, you know, uh, hiring a crew and mm-hmm. now we're working. Uh, we started off with like, uh, what is it? Sit down dinners mm-hmm. for 30 each night. Um, and that we did that in the beginning because it was just going to be a short time, right? I was just going to do it for like three months and I was just going to do that every weekend. Um, and the idea was, cause I was just, cause I'm crazy one, two, cause I was full of ideas. Was, um, yeah. <laughs> um, I was cranking out a new menu every week mm-hmm. for, it was five courses every week for three months. Mm. Um, and it was family style and it was very, it was such, it was, it was a lot of an experience. I would come out every course, not only explain the reason why I created the dish, but talk about where, you know, what everything sourced from and kind of just showcase the story of the food and how it came together. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as, you know, face to face with the customers and people that wanted to know more about my food and myself. Um, so, I, was, I mean, it was an amazing experience. Um, I, I'm also not, I wasn't also like not that like high end version. I I don't feel like that I am. So being able to put out a course dinner and like really put together a whole dinner, that's a whole different thing. So it's really like working the the creative muscle. (laughs) (laughs) I had all these dishes, right? But like, how do we make it make sense? Right. right? Like how does it make a story and, 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 and make sense and be an experience for the, for the guests. Um, so that in itself was really, really amazing. And, and I was able to put a lot of dishes and really like prepare me for Polyta now. Cause I really got to drill down and get together all those recipes that people really, really enjoyed mm-hmm. um, and, and refine them and be able to showcase them here in a, a lot smaller menu, a lot more put together, a lot more thoughtful menu. Um, Cause I was cranking out, you know, menus <laughs> and, and recipes every week. Um, which was gonna find, but then all of a sudden it just got it extending and extending. I was like, okay, guys, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lose it. Um, <laughs> I was like, I'm very creative, but okay, it's been three months, you know. Um, but every time Adam came about, like, okay, so we, you know, what if we stay a little bit longer? What if we do this? And then we learned, both of us learned a lot um, in the sense of not just the food, but running a business and and how you know marketing, staffing, training just all of that, which I had experienced, but not, I was, I had experience running someone else's concept, you know, now it was experience of creating my concept and, and, and training correctly and how important that is as well as marketing. So I learned so much. (laughs) (laughs) Now was this, was the staff under your company or was it under the decanter company? Kitchen was my staff for another house was Decatur. So you, you actually employed um, your staff members then? Yeah. So wow. like the whole, the full kitchen was my, my staff. Wow. So I had um, three cooks and I had two dishwashers. And, when, and prep, so. 
when things were rocking and rolling over there, was it, was there input from upper management as far as what you could do on the menu? Because I'm trying to think of it as like someone who's a restaurant tour who brings on a chef and is like, maybe after three months is saying, Hey, maybe we need to start doing truffle fries and burgers or something like that. Or was it pretty hands off or something <laughs> along those lines? If you can talk about um, it. I mean, it was very, a little bit of both um, because you know, they were trying to push the bar program which is what Adam's more aspect of because he's, you know, he comes from Axelrad and mm-hmm. he, he wanted, he had a different vision for the bar. So there was things where we just worked on together. Like the, the, I did create a bar menu um, just for Decatur and it was my flavors, but it was burgers, it was wings, it was fries um, to kind of appeal to that too. Like if you didn't want to come in for a five course dinner, sure. you just want to have a drink, there was bar food. Um, so we kind of worked on that together. It was just, but for the most part, it was mostly just like free range, like nice, have fun, <laughs> which is great. <laughs> the most, most of the stress was within myself, right? Like trying to mm-hmm. um, be creative and, and um, just constantly push myself. That was mostly, most of the stress was from me than really management. So where do you find the motivation and where do you find the inspiration to continue to push yourself outside of a comfort zone in terms of creativity? Um, I get bored really fast. (laughs) 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 For one, I'm just like, okay, I got the hang of it. Now I want something different. Um, for one and, and two, I'm just, like I said, I just, Thoroughly, thoroughly. And my, my parents, especially my mom, she's just like, it's because she's obsessed. Um, <laughs> it's her thing. <laughs> I'm just, I, and to a certain extent, I am because I just enjoy the creativity aspect of it. I enjoy that it's food, that I enjoy eating, that um, it brings people together, that, well, not currently, right? But because um, most of my food is family style. Um, so I think like it all just really represents me as a person, just being creative, how important my family is and, and being able to create that for someone else. It, it just really, it's enough, enough of a motive for me to keep going. So if you, if you're constantly driven and when I say I'm, I'm bored easily, that means I'm basically self-diagnosed with ADD, but <laughs> what, what's the goal? What, I mean, have you sat down long enough to say, okay, I've accomplished A, B, C, and D, and now I need to go after, right, F, H, G, H, all the way to Z. What's the goal? What's the long end for you where you're like, kick your feet up, exhale, smoke a big cigar, and have some good bourbon? <laughs> oh, that's going to be a minute. <laughs> that's going to be a while. It's part of the process, though. Um, that's okay. It's part of the process, yeah. Um, I mean, oh, I want so much. I mean, is it but a I'm willing to put in the work. Beard award? Is it going to the White House? Mm-hmm. I mean, what is it? It's got to be something. I mean, I I want my rest, a few restaurants, to okay. be honest. Um, and I want a a local chef-driven store. Nice. I want two restaurants. I want a bar. See, so, I mean, when am I going to be finished? Um, <laughs> I've currently already put into play my whole condiment line. I want to mm-hmm. be in HEB. I want that line in HEB. I want that line all over. Um, 
And then when I get there, I'm pretty sure I'm going to want something else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to get inside the head of someone who, who continues to be inspired to be successful. And knowing that bar always moves, it's understand, mm -hmm. it's, it's cool to see some of the vision of what you're coming up with. And I think, you know, you mentioned retail, you mentioned a bar, you mentioned a restaurant. I mean, there's no telling, the sky's the limit for you. We, we all know that. Mm -hmm. But at some point, you, <laughs> you have to pull back on the reins and go, you know what, I think I'm pretty good. I think I'm good right now, you know? Yeah, so. yeah, for sure. But currently, I'm like, let's go. <laughs> let's do this. Um, uh, I, I also, I mean, I, I, I don't know, man. I just, like I said, I think it just boils down for me, like thoroughly enjoying this. So although I, I work a lot and I put a lot of work into this brand and, and into my food, am I really working? Like, I, I, it's such a cliche, right? Like, oh, you, you know, when you love what you do, you don't, you're not work. But it's, it's, it's real when you're truly fulfilled by what you do. Yeah. Um, it's not like, oh, I'm going to work, oh, you know. <laughs> no, no. I know, I mean, even my friends are just like, where do you get the energy from? Like, <laughs> you know, I'm just like, I just really enjoy it. And, and it doesn't, it not for one bit feels like work. Okay. Um, and yeah. I'm just constantly creating something. I feel like, and I believe in the short time, the research I've done and the short time we've talked with each other, I believe that you're a role model for other women chefs and other women who want to come into the industry, right? And gain some success. On that note, what would today's chef Evelyn tell Evelyn 15 years ago? What advice, what insight, what perspective would you give someone who's just coming into that grind so that it would be either easier or clearer or a less bumpy road than you had to go through? Not to take away from the hardships they are going to happen. Yeah, they have to go through that. What would you tell a younger you 15 years ago? To not stop. <laughs> I mean, just keep going. Because um, it does not get any easier. But once you start seeing things come together and, and opportunity turns into another opportunity and turns into another opportunity, like that is so fulfilling. Yeah. Um, so when you feel like you're in the hole and you're just working every day and you're in and out, in and out, in and out, just know that it's temporary. It's not forever and that you're working towards your goal. So you just got to keep going gotcha. and That's enjoy, good. enjoy the process. Just enjoy it. Embrace. We used to say embrace the suck. Right. Because it's going to suck. Right? So you might as well just embrace it. Right? Just embrace it. Exactly. <laughs> just, just keep going. Um, yeah, I mean, there's definitely, you know, everybody goes through some hardship in, in, in the rough of it. But even the not so fun parts, it's always just temporary. Yeah. Um, because you're working towards something. So. It eventually gets a little bit easier, but then you get there and then you're like, Oh, I want some milk. And I keep going. <laughs> <laughs> so chef right now, Politan roll is temporarily closed just with the new regulations and things like that. Um, mm -hmm. I, I know you've got your meal kits. You had something, uh, come, to, uh, Kamean to go. Say that again. Kamean. Kamean. I'm going to edit this podcast so it makes it sound like I said it correctly, <laughs> like but I'm just... You said it correctly. <laughs> Come yeah. on. Um, Come on. Could you explain yeah. that for me? 
Yeah, so it's a, a very traditional festive feast from the Philippines. Um, normally done, again, it all goes down to like food and family, most important things for me. <laughs> um, you just come together on a table. It's traditionally wrapped in banana leaf. All the food goes on the table and then you eat with your hands and you just have at it. <laughs> I mean, it's like full on roast pigs, whole fish, vegetables, rice, like all the fixings all on the table. So we were actually doing that here at Politan once a month. And before COVID, um, we were sold out two months in advance. Like it was a really popular thing. And it was such a show, like not just for my fan, but just for anybody that walked into Politan. Just <laughs> a full table of 16 seats, completely wrapped in banana and all the food. I mean, my, my showstopper was my um, pork heads from Whitehurst Farms nice. that we would um, braise and then deep fry. And it would just be all oh. chicharron. And then I would go them to your tail and then just go and get it started for you. It was beautiful. It was magical. Y'all, whoever's um, just listening to this podcast, go watch this YouTube like, click, clip at this mark because the face she made when she pulled it apart, you, you oh, knew she's like, like I so got you. Satisfied. I've won yeah. everybody at this table. Yeah, I got you. This is, yeah, it was house. the funnest part. Yeah. yeah. Just, breaking yeah, breaking apart that, that pig head. <laughs> so, um, so that, that was such a, an experience and, and it was something that was just so much, so much fun for me. Um, so with it, everything going on, I was just like, I still can't let go of that. I'm like, oh, we were like doing so well. We were, you know, we were, like I said, sold out a month in advance and, and it all just came to an abrupt end. So I couldn't let go of that. And in my brain this whole time, I'm like, so how do I recreate this? Or how do I have this experience at the customer's home, even without me? Um, but like, how do I constantly put it out there? Because at the end of the day, yeah, there's so much crap going on, but there's always a reason to celebrate something. Just being alive is a, it's, it's a celebration on its own. So to me, I'm like, I have to put this celebratory dinner feast out there. Um, and what I come, come at, came up with was, that I would, it's either for two or for four, um, and you order online before Thursdays. It gets delivered on Saturdays. And I give you a banana leaf, like not too big, this big. Um, it comes with six different savory dishes. Yeah. It comes with um, six dishes. And then with my new collaboration with the dough cone on our ice cream pints, that so comes with an ice cream pint as well. And then everything's ready to go. You just unravel your, you put together your banana leaf and then you just plate everything on top and then just half at it. <laughs> and I'm like, there you go, just feast. And that's this awesome. is dropped off um, at so someone's door or? Uh-huh, it just dropped off your door. We, we text you when it's en route. Once it's there, you kind of just click windows from five to six or six to seven kind of delivery um, just because we're still kind of gauging that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's pretty, I'm pretty accurate as far as it goes, but we do leave like an hour window because we wanted to just make sure it's really, really hot and it goes straight to your house. Gotcha. Um, and you're getting it to experience and it, fully and correctly. <laughs> now, I live out in the Katy area, so I don't think you're going out this far to drop one of those off. <laughs> a little far. A little. We do our kits, we do our kits that far. Um, ready gotcha. to eat food just because it won't be there in temperature. Although we travel with like camera boxes and everything, it's just not going to be the same. Mm -hmm. um, but our kits, we go everywhere. I mean, I've been... Humble Spring, 
um, <laughs> literally everywhere, which is cool because I'm like learning all these parts of Houston now. <laughs> now there's also there's also like you talked about your condiments, um, your ice uh, ice cream, uh, frozen dumplings, yeah. um, along with us with um, uh, Zero Point Organics. You're in Central City Co-op, which is awesome. Um, you've beat me yeah, to the punch on some uh, sauces in there, so I'm like, oh dang it! <laughs> no, I'm just messing with you. So, um, but it's great. Yeah, to- I mean, when once once they gave me the go, I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna <laughs> go in and just every. I'm like, you know, Jessica, how about this? She's like, yeah, sure. I'm like, okay, great. Here you go. You know, put it on there. Here's some pictures. Here's the description. Let's go. Um, yeah, I mean, that that was an. I knew I wanted to. That was like right in the beginning where I was just like, okay, I'm not doing anything just working on ideas how you know we were close for like a month I think already and um I mean I did take the break in the beginning I did take the break you know took the time because I was working every day and I was I lived here um and then after the month I was just like okay so (laughs) this is not going to end anytime soon so (laughs) how do we keep this brand alive you know um and you know, I was, thankfully I was contacted, or I, I contacted uh, Jessica from Central, uh, Central City Co-op right. through Papalo in um, Tlahuac. Right. They, they put me, they connected the dots. So I was like, yes, thank you. So I was doing the kids. She's like, I don't know if it'll work for that, but just reach out and all this stuff. And I'm like, I have a thousand and ten ideas. You give me a go. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to make it work. So... Um, I had already done like the condiments. I had tried to do the condiment line while I was doing pop-ups like two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and it worked, but you know, I was just creating a little bit at a time, just like a couple sauces here and there. And the barbecue sauce I've had for forever, <laughs> um, cause it's in our barbecue brisket roti and that, that thing I could never get rid of. People will freak out. Um, so, so I was like, okay, I'm just going to start jarring that. I'm going to start jarring our chili oil that we put on like most mm-hmm. of our curries. Um, and then now it's six condiments. <laughs> my line is, has grown to six um and we also just joined uh local foods is carrying mm-hmm. our sauces now as well so i'm like yay that's awesome <laughs> and for those who don't know central city co-op is like a csa where it's kind of like they work with uh local farmers um local chefs kind of like bring it all in on like tuesday they sell on wednesdays and saturdays for like pickups um you just kind of go online you, you, you can a la carte some things and then you can just buy like these, you know, packages of uh, fresh produce yeah. and so forth. So it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful outlet. And like I tell other chefs and other restaurateurs, it's a great way to find dollars and cents outside of your, your four walls, you know, and that's going to be yeah. the model moving forward quite a bit. Yeah. That, I think that was, my whole like okay I took the the first month I was just like okay I'm just taking the break enjoying my family I'm enjoying staying home my dog you know I'm like okay we gotta take it in um and just you know accept it as it is we gotta close we gotta close we, we gotta be safe and then after that it was just like okay so like how do I I have to think beyond a restaurant I'm not a restaurant now um how do I how do I reach out to new customers my regular customers how do they you know how do we not forget kin and how do we keep going um because being a restaurant is not an option right now like and all of a sudden it's like oh being a restaurant was so easy 
<laughs> right? Before COVID, it was just so easy. And now it's just like, whoa, we got to completely turn it around. And, and I mean, now I do heating eat curries and meal kits. And I, I am doing this Kamaya now that it is hot food. But before that, I was just doing cold stuff. Like how mm. you got to finish it cooking at your house. You know, you got to heat it up. You got to <laughs> sear it. Here's some sauces. I'm starting a spice line. Here's the ice cream. You know, so you're just like, okay, I just gotta completely not think like a restaurant anymore. Right. Um, if I want to keep, if I want to keep uh, kin going. To me, it was just like it's my baby. I gotta keep it going. Like I can't not, you know. So I was just like, I gotta keep keep going. And just ideas are coming up, and I'm I'm, I put them to play. I mean, I have thankfully I have the platform at Central City Market, which has been so helpful. Um, and then also, I didn't know anything about websites before, but now somewhat <laughs> of an expert. Um, <laughs> just, you know, how to like, create, I didn't have a selling platform on my website before. Mm-hmm. So it, it was just pictures and menus, you know, so pretty. And now it's just like, okay, how do I turn it into a selling platform? Like people can order from it and I get, you know, how do I do that? And that was just like a day of just like eight hours straight trying to figure it out and like YouTube a lot of videos <laughs> and I was like, we need to make this website work um, <laughs> to be, you know, and to me, cause a lot of people were doing just like turn it into the square, which we carry square, you know, we use a square system or like toast, but like to me, it was just, it wasn't very appealing to the eye. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, so my service and my spiel is gone. Like, right. I can't talk to you anymore. I can't service you. I can't greet you with my smile. Like <laughs> all of that is gone. So like how, do I make the customer understand the dish and its full potential, right? Like I can, you know, um, describe everything, which as a chef, we describe everything like garnished with a crisp of this <laughs> and that and that, right? We're really good at that part. But like, how does it like visually, how can I grab a customer and, you know, through a website without me talking to you anymore? So it was really important for me to create my website in the sense of just like, you really, you want to eat what's in front of you, right? Like you, you want to visually see a, a beautiful plate in front of you. Um, since that's the way I'll be able to reach you for who knows when, <laughs> right? Like that, that's it. So it took, it took a long time trying to create that website, but I'm, I'm very proud of it now and in the way it's set up. But it took, you know, it took no sleep for a couple of days and trying to figure that out. But I knew that that was part of it because service is essentially gone. So you said earlier, you know, you picked, you, you had to find out where you were going to be creative and that ended up being food. And because of the, the COVID, your new creative outlet was the website. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. It was really, it, it was fun, but it was just like, it's a new challenge, right? Like I got to figure it out. I got to <laughs> one, make it work correctly, <laughs> which I mean, there's still things that go here up in there, but um, it's a lot easier now, a few months in. But at first it was just like, okay, like how, I don't, I don't know anything about websites, you yeah. know, like I don't, um, as well as marketing, like I've always been really good about like, cause we just have our phones on our hand, right? Like posting as we go, but now like actually making thoughtful posts, like try to convey as much information as we can without making it boring. Right. right? And without spilling you on a paragraph and they're like, okay, well, we just wanted to see a picture and that's it. Um, but I'm not going to sell you on anything because you just, keep going because there's too much information there (laughs) um so it's just like it's been that's like that's where I'm creatively being now just like okay how do I how do I turn this website around how do I use the platforms on social media that I have um 
which I've always been very active on, but just now like making it really thoughtful and very useful to, yeah. to my not business. Drive dollars. Now it drives dollars, right? Instead of just being active on it, now it has to drive dollars. So Yeah, and I was just like, no, no, no. I need you to buy this. <laughs> <laughs> Please buy this now. Right. For sure. Uh, Chef but Evelyn, if you could been... uh, give our listeners uh, the website address and all of your social media so that they can follow your story, they can go on, they can support, mm -hmm. they can see everything that you're doing um, is the best place for information on the meal kits, the condiments, all of that is the best place for that. Your website? Uh, yeah, our website is kin, which is K-I-N-H-T-X dot com, as well as Instagram, which is kin <laughs> underscore htx because someone took kin htx i don't even know why um <laughs> so <laughs> mine has a little underscore um but website is just like our ordering stuff and it comes with a more description of everything social media you really see like on like if something new goes on it's really i'm really quick on the on instagram and posting about it like we just joined local food so we have a whole spiel on, on local foods products um so both those things are are really where I'm focusing more on right now. That's awesome. Well, I appreciate you uh, taking so much time. I think we've talked for like an hour now, which is awesome. I just can't believe it oh, goes man. by so fast. Ah. Uh, <laughs> thank you both for understanding when I had to step away for the little one and everything. Oh, it's all good. <laughs> you were gone? I didn't know you I were know, gone. I know, right? No one, <laughs> no one listening to this he podcast did, he noticed. He did great. <laughs> he did great. Don't worry. Darren did good. Darren did good. I'll say good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he kept it going. <laughs> Well, awesome. Well, I appreciate you both uh, being on this podcast. Uh, Darren, it's great to do a podcast with you again. Uh, Chef Evelyn, it was wonderful to hear your story and get to get to know you even more. Uh, I think um, Lance was 100% correct in uh, saying, you know, we had <laughs> to have you on this podcast. So shout out to Lance. No, thank you guys. Yes. <laughs> thank you. No, thank you. It's a pleasure. Um, and whatever you guys need, I mean, I'm here. There we let go. me know fried pig's head i've already yeah, said it yeah. there we go saying it right now okay. <laughs> go, go look at that clip guys go look at that clip <laughs> i was, was very very fulfilled that day <laughs> thank you awesome. it's been awesome talking with you thank you thank you so much guys perfect to all our listeners like and subscribe five stars five stars we're out the cost of goods told podcast is made possible by the following sponsors Criswell Culinary aims to create a new standard of unique, affordable hot sauces that satisfies the more developed cravings of today. Bernie Brand Texas-style hot sauce is a boldly layered sauce with density and personality to proudly represent Texas. Go to BernieBrand.com to find a retailer near you. That's Bernie, B-O-E-R-N-E, Brand.com. Zero Point Organics grows and supplies microgreens for over 30 major restaurants in the Houston area. Consistently perfect quality in flavor and appearance, their microgreens will be the best you or your customers have ever had every single time. Go to zero, Z-E-R-O, dash pointorganics.com.